the Knicks have been dreadful in free agency. Where the Knicks' focus shouldn't be on necessarily the big-time names. It should be on drafting young, quality players and developing those young players. If Leon Rose really thinks getting Chris Paul will help him to land one of those big-name free agents... Stephen Curry and Giannis Antetokounmpo, can you imagine those two on the same team? If, if I was in his shoes, the ideal situation for me was to stay loyal and collect that 250 I want my beach. I want, I want my beach. I want my ice cream in the winter. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. He's only 25 years old. The man is still ascending. Yes, he's probably the best quarterback of all time. But you think he's still a top-tier quarterback? I don't. My ideal landing spot for Yaz Tendakupo, of course, it shouldn't be a shocker. It's the New York Knicks, because I'm a suffering Knicks fan. You know, a man can dream. Welcome back to another edition of Ballaholics, the show for those who simply can't get enough of basketball and all sports. Hoping you guys are all staying safe out there. I know it's getting tough, but this coronavirus is getting all of us, but we're all trying to stay safe. So for you guys today, we actually have a special guest, you know, with you guys today. Another fellow suffering Knicks fan besides me, Jerry Venegas. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for having me. It's, it's great to be here. I mean, the Knicks are, honestly, the bright part of my year is that they're not playing right now, honestly. Exactly. We don't have to worry about them losing at all because they're never playing, so. It's brutal. No. No losses going on to that chart. Anyway, we got a lot in store for today's episode. Actually, our first segment, as a matter of fact, we're talking about the New York Knicks because, again, they find themselves in trade rumors for a star, Chris Paul of the OKC Thunder. There are rumors, you know, circulating that Chris Paul might be going to the Knicks. The Knicks might be trying to make a move for him. Jared, if you are the GM of the Knicks, are you pulling the trigger on Chris Paul? So – we know Leon Rose, the new president of the Knicks, has a good relationship with Chris Paul. I believe he used to rep him. But at this time, I personally do not believe it's a good idea for the Knicks to pursue Paul. Paul is on a ridiculous contract. He's still owed, I believe it's three years, $124 million left on his contract. He's, he turns 35 years old on May 6th, so in a couple days. And to pay an aging – he he's still a good point guard. He's actually – he had the fourth highest player efficiency rating at the position out of all point guards this past year. I mean, they didn't finish out the season. But his usage rate has dropped incredibly. He was not in the top ten. All his numbers are starting to drop. And to pay an aging superstar that much, I don't think it's a good idea. At the same time, they are trying to build a good culture. And while I do think that if you're going to build a culture around someone right now, someone who you could possibly attain, and it's not out of the question, like getting a LeBron or training for an AD or a Steph or something like that, I do think he's the most realistic option. But to get pay a point guard who's about to be 35 years old, $40 million a year, when you need multiple positions on the floor, to be all-stars, to succeed in today's NBA. I just don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you there, Jared. You're off to a good start on the show, not going to lie. Um, Chris Paul, you know, let me just preface what I'm going to say by saying Chris Paul is definitely a future Hall of Famer. He's well-respected around the NBA. He's the president of the, you know, Players Association, and he's one of the greatest point guards to ever go down 
in the game of basketball. Um, in my opinion, really the purest point guard too. And even if you look at Chris Paul's playing style, like if this was 10 years prior, he would fit perfectly with the Knicks because obviously the Knicks have trouble sometimes with assists. They have trouble with defense. Chris Paul is a nine-time all-defensive team. Knicks, terrible on defense. Bottom eight in the league in defense efficiency. And Chris Paul is also a fourth-time assist leader. The Knicks, again, terrible in that area. 27th in assists. Chris Paul is also um, amongst the most active steals amongst um, all active players. So Chris Paul has the most steals amongst all active players. So Chris Paul checks the boxes if he's in his prime. But this isn't Chris Paul in his prime now, okay? Chris, prime is, Chris Paul is well out of his prime. Chris Paul, you said he's age 35. And listen, man, a lot of people were saying that once he left the Houston Rockets, he was going to be finished. You know, they were leaving him to rot in OKC. He was exiled to OKC. And he's been, he's been outperforming expectations there, averaging 17 points, six assists, four rebounds. He's been a star in OKC. The thing is, I look at his contract, obviously. 2021, 44 million he's owed. Now, that 2021 free agency class is loaded. Let me just name some names, Jared. You ready for this? Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Giannis Tentacumpo, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Gordon Hayward, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. You tired yet? You, you tired of me talking? I still got more. There's more. Blake Griffin, DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal. Two more, I promise. Two more. Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert. Okay, is that, like, is that enough? Is that enough, Jared? Is that enough? Let me jump in here for a second. Let me jump in. So I do think it's ridiculous. By that time, he'll be 36, 37. Well, probably, I think he turns 37 by the end of that season. And to have $44, $44 million invested in him is a lot. But throughout the past how many years, the Knicks have been dreadful in free agency. They have never – hold on, let me finish. They have never gotten their superstar. Well, I think it's a waste to get him. I understand from the viewpoint of Leon Rose, if they think acquiring him, if they acquire him, they need to get rid of Julius Randle's obscene contract, and they will deny Bobby Portis's team option for $15 million next year. I think they use them in the trade. They, they, they include Bobby Portis and Julius Randle in order to get those, the money lined up for a Chris Paul trade. I think that those two have to be included in a Chris Paul trade. Potentially. But – if they, if Leon Rose really thinks getting Chris Paul will help him to land one of those big name free agents in the 2021 season, I still won't be happy with him pulling the trigger, but I can understand as a Nick fan. So wait, so basically trading for Chris Paul is what, what you're saying is trading for Chris Paul, who let's just say the salary cap goes down to a hundred million because some analysts are suggesting that's going to happen as a result of the COVID and the loss of TV advertisement, et cetera, et cetera. So the cap's going to so, go down a hundred million. Wait, let me finish real quick. A hundred million dollars, a hundred million. Chris Paul's contract would be one third of that. How would we have any room to sign a big time free agent? So wait, so we'd have to get rid of Bobby Portis and Julius Randle's obscene contracts. And there's, there, the expectation as of right now is for the 2021 offseason, the salary cap is going to be $125 million. We don't know. We, we really don't know. It might, it's going to take, it, it take a dip. It might we, take a dip. We don't know. And I, I, don't, I don't think they should get Chris Paul. But I understand from, A, the culture standpoint, because 
I mean, it's even even with Mello, we never had that winning culture. They made the playoffs twice, and they made the Eastern Conference semis twice. I, they, made, they, made, they made the semifinals against the Indiana Pacers in 2013. That was yep. the furthest they were with Carmelo Anthony. Yep, and that's one of one of the best players of our current generation. Not not the best, but one. Correct of. for the Knicks, yes. To uh, he wasn't a culture builder. He was a great player on the court, but why, it's just watch watch you say about my man Carmelo Anthony. Because you know I, I, I love Carmelo Anthony. Know, I'm a Knicks I, fan. I, okay? wanted, I wanted them Knicks to resign resign him this year, but. I just listen, I, listen. I I don't I don't personally believe tying up that much money into an aging point guard is good for the Yeah. Friends. And I agree. I don't think anyone's disputing what you're saying about the culture. I think Chris Paul would be an amazing fit for the culture in New York and he's what New York needs in terms of the culture. Um he has this res- relentless pursuit of winning. That's Chris Paul and again, you could look at it when Houston traded him to OKC. He wasn't supposed to win there. He had no business to win and yet not only does he perform well, but then he like is a great mentor to the OKC players. He's like making other players better. He elevates other players. If you look at Shea Gilgis Alexander, I mean he's averaging around 20 points per game. He's in the talks for most improved player. So Chris Paul not only makes himself better, but he elevates the level of performance of his teammates. And that's something that's very, you know, it's very nice to see that. It's it's someone you want on your team. However, the contract, you know, along with how old he is, like you said before, 35 years old. In 2021, he'll be 36, 37 years old. You look at his injury history. Listen, man, I'm not giving up any first-rounders. R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson are off. No no R.J. Barrett, no Mitchell Robinson, no future picks at all. Knox and Nilakina, I'm very, very hesitant. I'm very hesitant at Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox. For me, a trade would be Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, and then maybe Dennis Smith Jr. and Alonzo Trier. That's, that's, how, that's as far as I go. So, I agree with you on Nilakina and Knox. Both Dennis Smith Jr. and Nilakina at the start of the upcoming season, well, this, the supposed start date, who knows when it's actually going to start because who knows if, if they're going to end up finishing this current season and when it would happen. They're both only going to be 22 years old at the start of the season. So, pu- putting a bust label on those two players that I know they haven't, performed up to expectations so far in their NBA careers, but I'm just personally not ready to do that yet. I don't put all my trust in them either, but to, to let's say uh, Mitch and RJ are completely untouchable for the Knicks. Correct. Those are, those are the only two I would say they're, I mean, I don't believe. Well, I, I'd include all future first round picks too. I'm not trading a first round pick for Chris Paul, who's an aging star and takes up basically 40% of the Knicks salary cap. I agree. So I but I feel like the the Thunder is dedicated to the rebuild. They they have five first rounders coming up. And that was just from the trade that sent Paul George to um the Clippers. Correct. They got Fagulus yeah. Alexander and five first round picks. Yeah, they, so they compiled they, a bunch of picks. And that was they, from the Paul George trade and then you know so, yeah. and, yeah. They, and they made a trade with the Heat, too. And the Rockets. But, and the Rockets. But um, I just can't see a realistic trade scenario for the Knicks acquiring Chris Paul that I'd be comfortable with. A, because of the contract. And B, they're so dedicated to the rebuild. They're going to want young players and picks. And I would not be happy with Leon Rose giving that up to get a 35-year-old point guard. Mm-hmm. 
And like you said earlier, the one thing that makes me nervous as a Knicks fan is when you don't learn your lessons of the past. And Leon Rose, I understand that Chris Paul was a former client of Leon Rose, who was his agent. But now the problem is Leon Rose is now looking to bring in these big-time names, these big-time players. Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, Carlton Towns, all these players all around the NBA, where the Knicks' focus shouldn't be on necessarily the big-time names. It should be on drafting young quality players and developing those young players. That should be the focus, and I feel like we, we strayed away from that a little bit with the Leon Rose hire. I'm not personally the biggest fan of the Leon Rose hire, but I'm hoping that the focus stays the, sa- is, stays the same as it was under Scott Perry or Steve Mills. Well, that's what we thought it was at the first press conference. I don't know if that changed, but that should be the focus. I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the, the big names aren't everything, and to tie up that much money into one player, right now in the stage of the rebuilding the Knicks are in is ridiculous to me. I, like you see throughout the MVP, the, uh, the NBA, you need at least three – three all-stars or two absolute superstars on the team, on the court together to have any sort of success. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like look, I, at the, look, at, look at the Warriors this year. They lost KD, Clay's been injured, Steph suffered injuries. All they had was Andrew Wiggins, and they were the worst team in the NBA. They dealt with the injury bug, so it's hard to tell what it could have been like if Steph and Clay were healthy all year. But it was a huge difference, and KD is a great player, but so are Steph and Clay. And, yes, they were hurt, but they struggled even with Steph on the court with Wiggins. Exactly. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. And, honestly, like, I'm pretty – I'm looking forward to what the Knicks do. I'm hoping they don't trade for him, but we'll both see. Uh, we're both separate Knicks fans, so me and Jared. So, we'll see what they do there. But let's switch gears. Let's stop talking about Chris Paul. Let's get to another player, another superstar in the league, and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't know if I can spell his name right, but I don't, it's tough. But it's, it's a big name. But Anyway, we are going to make way too early predictions, or not necessarily predictions, but where we think Yaz Atentacupo should be playing in 2021 when he becomes a free agent and has the power to leave the Bucks and go to another team. Jared, what's your ideal landing spot for Yaz Atentacupo, and what team do you think he should be considering? So right now at this time, with no idea how the salary cap is going to end up this upcoming year and how it's going to reflect years after, my way too early prediction of where or where I personally think he should go is I think he should stay in Milwaukee. First of all, money-wise, Milwaukee's able to offer him a five-year, $253 million Supermax contract. If he walks instead, the most he can get is four years, 161, which <laughs> I would take any day of the week. But a lot of players tend to be going with the money. On another note, there's no team to lure him home. Like we saw with the Clippers luring in Kawhi. We saw with the Nets luring in Kyrie. He's from Greece. So unless there's an NBA team in Greece <laughs> in the next 10 months, there's no reason. Milwaukee's the only place he's known since he's been drafted. He's played there his whole career. Do I think he can fit in well with other teams? Absolutely. But last year, they won 60 games in Milwaukee. He can win in Milwaukee. They could have won the East this year. It's too hard to tell with coming. who knows when they're going to come back, who knows how ready they are. So I'm not really going to count this year. They're going to be the front runners for the East next year. No Kawhi in Toronto anymore. It's just they 
They got their coach back on a long-term deal, Budenholzer. They have Robin Lopez, George Hill, and Chris Middleton all on long-term deals also. Right there. That's And if they re-sign him, that's four people he's been playing with. And on the other note, they with him staying in Milwaukee, they can lure in veteran presences who are trying to chase a title. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a bad spot. My ideal landing spot for Yaz Tendekupo, of course, it shouldn't be a shocker. It's the New York Knicks because I'm a suffering Knicks fan. You know, it, a man can dream, Jared. A man can dream. Yaz Tendekupo in a New York uniform, man, that would be amazing. That's my dream. But listen, man, dreams don't come true if you're a New York Knicks fan. So I can't choose the Knicks as where he should go, obviously. Um, you have a good points with staying in Milwaukee. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks, before the hiatus took place, they were, 50, they were 53 and 12. They had one of the best records in the NBA, if not the best record, I'm pretty sure. And if you look at this Milwaukee Bucks team, they've been very historical because they were, they were on pace. We were talking for a while. I mean, can they even get the 70 wins? That was a conversation people were having. And the Milwaukee Bucks actually also have the highest point differential more than any Warriors team with KD or without KD. I was shocked when I saw that statistic, but it was there. And it's, it's, it just shows how good this Milwaukee Bucks team is on a historical level. Now, I think for Giannis to stay, it really comes down to him trusting the Milwaukee Bucks and the management. Can the management put a team around Giannis Tentacupo to win? And I think the Milwaukee Bucks are huge losers with the NBA hiatus because I thought this was the year for them. If the NBA does not resume, like the NBA, let's say, Kawhi Leonard, he left Toronto to go out west. LeBron James is no longer in the east. The 76ers have dysfunctional, dysfunctional problems there on the roster with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. KD is out, okay? The Celtics are young. They're only getting better. So this was the year for Milwaukee to win. So they're huge losers for that. And so let's say they don't, the, the hiatus doesn't come back. They had this year and next year to prove to Giannis that they can win. Um, and I don't know if they can do that. Even if you look in the series last year with Toronto, your second option is Chris Middleton. Nothing against Chris Middleton at all. He is a fantastic player. He's a good player, top 25 player. Maybe top 20 player. I get that he's an all-star. But when we talk about NBA duos all around the league, you look at the Los Angeles Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the Lakers with LeBron and AD, even the 76ers with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. All these teams have duos. The Houston Rockets, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. It's a, it's a duo league. And I don't know if Chris Middleton as your partner in crime can win you the title. I don't know that if he can bring you to the promised land. And that's why I look at two other teams where he can go. And that's the Warriors or the Miami Heat. Are you going to be KD and go to the Warriors or are you going to follow LeBron and go to the Miami Heat? Um, that's, that's where I put it right now, Jared. So, yes, Middleton is not another top 25 player in the NBA. I agree with that, even though he was an all-star. And they still won 60 games with him as the number two. So I And, yes, the Celtics are up and coming, but with no more Kawhi in Toronto and the 76ers probably right – between the 76ers and the Celtics, those are the Bucks' two biggest threats right now. I just – I think in Milwaukee, because of how weak the East is, he can win. Not I next love year. I, I this love was the time to strike, Jared. This was the time to strike. No KD in the East. He wasn't, he wasn't playing. The yes. Celtics are only getting better. The 76 will eventually figure out the dysfunction going on. This was the time to strike. And this NBA hiatus is killing the Bucks right now. Killing them. 
it is, but it's out of the Bucks' control. The Bucks can't control that. But if they're not going to re-sign Giannis, they, they can't let him walk for nothing. I agree. They need and to some sort of trade for I, I, I get to my other point. I'm going to Jared, come on. You know, I'm, you know I transitioned that pretty well because I, I knew you were going to say that. And now it allows me to talk about the Golden State Warriors who recently acquired Andrew Wiggins from the Minnesota Timberwolves, someone that they can use in a trade package for Giannis Tentacupo. Jared. It's take a lot more than Wiggins to get Exactly. Away. And that's, see, you, you know, I love this. I, I love, I love this because it would be Andrew Wiggins, the top pick of next year's draft, a lottery pick, and maybe, if you're feeling it, if, if the Warriors are up to it, Draymond Green as well. I'm not saying they have to include Draymond Green. They might not even have to include Draymond Green. But I mean, Stephen Curry and Yanis Antetokounmpo, can you imagine those two on the same team? Can you imagine and, those two on the same team? And Clay, but I think it's going to take. If even if Andrew Wiggins is included, it's going to take. At, we saw what Paul George went for. He went for Shai Gilgis. He wasn't a free agent. And Giannis can leave. Giannis can leave in 2021, and and I, they can, the Bucks don't have to give anything. But uh, so they're going to be inclined to do a trade. I'm aware. So I'm not saying it's going to take five first round picks, but I think it's no less than Wiggins and three first rounders. Maybe. Maybe. He, He's the top two player in the NBA right now. Yeah, I, I want to put I want to put the trade the trade logistics on the side though because did you watch the 2019 All Star Game where Steph Curry threw that lob all the way up and like no one had any idea that Giannis was we had no idea where the ball was going until the very end when it, when it fell on Giannis's hand into the hoop. I mean that was crazy. That was one of my favorite All Star moments of all time. And you know if you leave the Milwaukee Bucks to go to the Golden State Warriors, you go for your second option being Chris Milton, who's he's good, he's a star. The Steph Curry, who's a two-time MVP and literally the engine of the Golden State Warriors team. You go from Chris Milton to Steph Curry as your second option, Clay Thompson as your third option, who's probably even better than Chris Middleton, honestly. And if you look at if you if you look at if you compare Giannis Antetokounmpo to Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant left the OKC Thunder when he was 27 years old. Giannis Antetokounmpo will have the same opportunity to do so, and. Even if you look at the playing styles, Kevin Durant is more of an ISO player. He's not the system player. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a system player. He plays within the Milwaukee Bucks system. He's coached by Mike Busenholder. Mike Busenholder and Steve Kerr both played under Greg Popovich. They both, they both had that coaching experience under Greg Popovich. So guess what? When Giannis Antetokounmpo plays for the Golden State Warriors, if he does, he'll fit in there perfectly. And he, he's, not, he's not as egotistical as Kevin Durant either. He'll be humble. He'll fit right in with that culture in Golden State. I think he has to take a good look at Golden State. So I agree with you. But at the same time, my gut's telling me he's a lot more like Damian Lillard, who came out and said he'd much rather stay loyal and compete as hard as he can with what he's given than leave and join other superstars just to get a ring. And I love Damian Lillard. I, I remember I, I liked him more than Anthony Davis's rookie year, which I know is a little far out there. But that was early on, and I well rookie rookie year. Damian Lillard beat Anthony Davis for the rookie of the year award. So I know, but I mean, I I view Giannis as more of a competitor, and I could I personally can see him staying in Milwaukee and trying to win with where he the place who gave him a start. They drafted him. He's been there his whole career. We've seen him develop into an MVP from a skinny Greek kid who came into the league. Just I just and the money. I mean, Straight out of Greece. There's, there's a huge <laughs> difference in the money if he stays and if he goes. And at that point, 
we see people chasing money all the time in the NBA right now. Well, and if you can be loyal side. and get, what is it, almost $90 million more for just for staying one extra year in the place that drafted you, right. I mean – if I was him, I wouldn't pass that Jared, up. Jared, there's nothing more that I would like to see than Yaston Kupo, you know, stay in Milwaukee. It's like a fairy tale story if he does. Because not many players in this current NBA era stay with the same team. Not not many not many do that. So I think that Yaston Kupo, I'd love him to stay. But we've seen so many players reject even the Supermax. Anthony Davis did it with New Orleans. Paul George did it when he was first leaving Indiana. So players don't really care at all. It's not all about the money. Now. I will give you this. I will give you this, Jared, real quick, and then I'll let you talk. Yanis Antetokounmpo, I remember a couple years ago, maybe this was last year, he was saying that, oh, yeah, these stars were trying to work out with me, but I don't work out with any other stars. I work out by myself. And I, I like that because that just shows Yanis Antetokounmpo's competitiveness. So I do think that he has potential to be like a Damian Lillard kind of player. Or it might be too soon to say Damian Lillard type of player, but perhaps a Dirk Nowitzki or a Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan kind of player. Yeah, I mean, it's the competitive side of him that makes me believe he's going to stay. And where I also agree you're right, it's sad, though, that the NBA is all about just – it's the same six teams where everyone joins, and that's it. And there might be one or two teams that come up and contend, like the Heat this year, because they were like a scrappy team. But, I mean, in the weak East, they could have made it out, but against one of the juggernauts from the West – they weren't going to win the title. But it's it's sad to see the state of the NBA like this, where it's the same teams every year. You can tell from the beginning of the year what, Never the, Knicks. what, Never what the, the Knicks. playoffs are going to be like. Never the and, Knicks. And you said Giannis staying in Milwaukee is the dream scenario. It's the best scenario, but the dream scenario is it's him. The Knicks is the Knicks. Of course, the Knicks. And actually, you got to one of my other points when you brought up the Miami Heat. If you look at a team like the Miami Heat, they're not suffering because of chemistry issues. They have amazing chemistry, maybe one of the best locker rooms in the NBA. I think it's a matter of not having the top-tier talent like a Los Angeles Clippers or Lakers team. They don't have enough um, superpower. Now, they don't. Yadis, yeah, I want to say Giannis Antetokounmpo, he'd fit uh, amazingly in Golden State with, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. He'd be surrounded by shooters. And Giannis' game is really – predicated on just driving to the rim and scoring inside. So Steph Curry and Clay would be amazing compliments in that regard. But if he doesn't want to be hated, if he doesn't want to be, you know, known as the next Kevin Durant or next, you know, Snake, I he could he... also leave Milwaukee and get away with going to Miami, I think. And I think mm. Pat Riley is a big game hunter. It's Miami, Jared. I mean, would, would you rather play in Milwaukee? Would you rather live in Milwaukee or be chilling in Miami, bro? Biscayne Boulevard? Come on, go to the beach. It's easy, bro. If, if I was in his shoes, the ideal situation for me was to stay loyal and collect that 250 I want my beach. I want, I want my beach. I want my ice cream in the winter. You oh, have yeah. that when you retire. <laughs> and then I just want to say also, if he goes to Miami, he literally – he'll be surrounded by snipers, though. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, and not to mention his second option would be Jimmy Butler. Butler. Jimmy Butler as your second option, someone who is a proven playoff clutch player. He's always clutching the playoffs. He's done it with the 76ers. They were close to being the Toronto Raptors. They were only in that situation because of Jimmy Butler. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid can't perform in the playoffs, in my opinion. Jimmy Butler was the playoff performer on that team, and he's done so in, in his past years that he's been in the playoffs. So now you have Jimmy Butler, who's your second option. You're surrounded by shooters. You're living in Miami. 
The culture is amazing. You're coached by Eric Spolster, one of the greatest coaches in the NBA. Coach LeBron James in the big three. You have Pat Riley. I just think at that point, not only do you have the chemistry and the culture, but then you have enough superpower to get yourself out of the East and contend for a title. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's so yeah. early now. And with the hiatus and no one knowing where the salary cap's going to be, it's it's unpredictable at this point. Yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, pray for the Knicks, though. <laughs> you love my Knicks. <laughs> anyway, let's get let's get away from the NBA for now. Let's talk about the NFL. Tom Brady, man, I can't stop thinking about how Tom Brady actually had the guts to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, Jared, this has us talking about which team do you believe is the frontrunner to win the entire Super Bowl? Or maybe we'll say this. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the frontrunner to win the Super Bowl? So, first of all, growing up as a Jet fan, I absolutely love that he left New England. But, Same. I, I mean, I, it brings me so much joy. And he's out of the AFC. The Jets still probably aren't going to win the division because the Patriots' defense is still amazing. The Bills are a very good team, but it gives the Jets a better shot. I mean, Brady's probably the best football player that we've ever seen. But last year, he struggled mightily. So the Patriots' defense was historically good, ranked number one, best defense in the league. Let Let me pull up some stats for you. The difference between him and Jameis Winston last year. Obviously, you know Winston had the 30 picks. One, one QB had 4,000 yards, 4,057. One had 5,109. One had 24 touchdowns. One had 33. One had 30 picks. One had eight. But Correct. the difference in passing, passer rating was not that large. Brady's passer rating was an 88, ranking, I believe it was 23rd in the NFL. Winston's was an 84.3. And he threw those 30 picks. For me, obviously, the 49ers represented the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. So they're the top contender. But I like the Saints. Drew Brees coming back, signed a two-year $50 million deal. They have so many offensive weapons. Kamara running back still, one of the best pass catchers out of the backfield. Latavius Murray, a hard red zone runner. Wide receiver, my guy from Ohio State, Michael Thomas. Broke the receptions record last year. Absolutely unbelievable. They signed Emmanuel Sanders from San Francisco at tight end because Drew Brees loves his tight ends. Jarrett Cook and Adam Troutman, the rookie from Dateman. In the FCS, he was a first-team All-American. He had 70 receptions for 916 yards and 14 touchdowns. The Saints D last year, was much worse than the Patriots. They were 13th, so they were middle of the pack. The Patriots' defense was first. Drew Brees' passer rating was also a 116.3, ranking second, only behind Tannehill, who barely threw the ball. According to sportingnews.com, the Saints had the 22nd hardest schedule in the league, and the Patriots had the 31st. So they both have fairly easy schedules, the Patriots being much easier. But the Patriots were 12-4, and four and the Saints went 13-3. and three. So, for me, I, I don't even think the Patriots are favored in the wait, NFC. Why'd you, wait, why'd you bring up the Patriots for? 
Tom Brady oh, left. The, I'm sorry. No, Tom Brady left the Patriots. No, I know he's now. on the bu- he's on the Buccaneers, <laughs> and the Patriots last year were a better team, and they had Brady. Oh, and you're talking Saints, about last year. You're talking yeah, about last year. My last apologies. year, and okay, the Saints outperformed Brady and the Patriots, who had the best defense in the NFL. And now Brady's coming down to Tampa. Their defense, uh, not very good. I mean, it's okay, but it's not great. I mean, yes, he has great offensive weapons. But Brady's go-to move his whole career is a little five, ten-yard checkdown. Who I don't know if he has the arm strength anymore. I mean, he's that's always his go-to move. He's always proved me wrong, but I. I mean, you're just man. Of course, he's gonna prove you wrong. If you watch him, most of his best throws are five-yard outs or ins, right, right down the middle or right towards the sideline. He doesn't spread the ball deep anymore. And yes, he has great weapons. He got Gronk. The Tamp- the Buccaneers acquired Gronk, his best friend. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but Evans and Godwin are downfield guys, and Brady's main offensive system is, oh, come is on. five yards. Oh I, come on, Jared! Don't that, that's, that's he was the, he was the twenty third ranked right. quarterback last year. So, I mean, so wait, let me get I this think, straight, Jared. I think the Saints are gonna come out of the division ahead of the Buccaneers. Let me get this straight. I, I can't remember. What, I can't remember what I, just, I was just gonna say because I just I'm gonna say this, Jared. Okay. Yeah, you don't even think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're not even talking about winning the Super Bowl, you don't even think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl because you think the New Orleans Saints are going to beat them before they get to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to win their division. You don't think the Buccaneers are going to win their division, thereby not even getting them into the Super Bowl. So we're not even talking about at this point winning the Super Bowl. You're saying they're not even going to get to the Super Bowl because they're not even the best in their division. I think they will be a wild card team, maybe win a game wild or two card. in the playoffs. Wow. But I do not think they will be in the Super Bowl. I think the 49ers, and the Saints, and maybe even the Vikings are the best teams with the Buccaneers. Oh, Those are the top four in the NFC. So I heard you say before, Drew Brees likes his tight ends. You know who also likes his tight ends, Jared? Brady. Tom Brady likes his tight ends. He doesn't even like them. He loves them. Rob Gronkowski is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Not to also mention their other tight end that they have, O.J. Howard. You look at the amount of weapons they have. You were trying to compare last year about the Patriots. They weren't as good last year. You know, the, the Saints were better. Tom Brady barely had any weapons to use in New England last year. Now he goes to a loaded Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Look at the wide receiver core they have, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Then you look at the tight ends they have, of course, Rob Gronkowski, who he spent – his, basically his entire career playing with. And then O.J. Howard. They drafted an O-line, Tristan, I forgot his last name. Tristan, Tristan Wirfs. Wirfs in the draft. They're boosting that O-line for Tom Brady, and they signed Joe Haig, I believe. So they have plenty of weapons around Tom Brady. Bruce Arians has surrounded Tom Brady. He's given him the tools he needs to succeed. Tom Brady is a six-time Super Bowl winner, one of the greatest QBs to ever throw the football. And now you're saying that the Saints are – better than the Buccaneers and that they're the favorite. How Brady? old is Drew Brees? How old is Drew Brees, Jared? Uh, right around the same age as Brady. I believe a year or two younger, actually. Okay, so I just wanted to spell. I don't like when people talk about, oh, Brady's this old, so he's going he's gonna to be playing worse. Drew I'm not Brees saying, is at the same exact age, so I don't even I'm, want to hear that argument. I'm not, I'm not saying age. I'm saying Brady played worse last year. You were. Yes, he's a six-time Super Bowl champion. He's won MVPs. He's also played for the greatest coach of all time in my personal opinion. No Belichick. I agree with that. In any and sport. So for me, 
Yes, Brady loves his tight ends. Gronk is a great tight end when healthy. He struggled with injuries his whole career. He's coming out of retirement. I mean, he's a freak athlete, so I'm sure he's in great shape. But he has struggled with injuries. Me, O.J. Howard still hasn't proved himself as a reliable pass-catching tight end. He's a great blocker, and he can catch passes. But coming out of Alabama when the Buccaneers drafted him, he hasn't proven himself to reach that potential where he was expected to go. And Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are great receivers. Don't get me wrong. They're two of the top receivers in the game right now. Not the top, but they're up there. And Tristan Wirfs is a good lineman. But for me, the defense is the big difference there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was not great last year, and they didn't add much to the defensive end. Where's how, did Ryan Fitzpatrick pl- how did Ryan Fitzpatrick play in Tampa Bay before Jamie Swinton took his spot? He was playing great, and then he struggled. Playing great. And that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's like a known name. Tom Brady is playing Patrick. in Tampa Bay now. I, but, I know you like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know he played in the Jets for a little bit. But come on. Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's no Tom Brady. And no. Jamie Winston threw 30 interceptions. Tom Brady is a competent QB. You don't even have to be a Tom Brady-level QB. You can be average and still thrive in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady isn't average, as we know. Tom Brady is a top-tier QB in the game. Well, do you think he, he – yes, he's probably the best quarterback of all time. But you think he's still a top-tier quarterback? I don't. He's up there. He didn't have his weapons last year. He has one he's of the He's not as great... good. He's not his prime. He's not his exact prime, but he's still no scrub. No. He's one of the best at reading defenses in NFL history, and he still has that. But I don't view him as one of the top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL today. The Saints' defense, what they added, they lost Von Bell, one of their safeties. They added Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins from Philly one of the most versatile pieces on defense in the NFL. He could play anywhere. They added Zach Bond out of Wisconsin in the draft. He's going to be a rookie. He had 12 and a half sacks in the Big Ten last year. That's that's a pretty good feat, in my opinion. I mean, no Chase Young, but no 12 and a half sacks in the Big Ten, that's tough competition, and he succeeded. That's playing teams like Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, teams who build and have high-powered offenses. They get the ball out quick. They run. They use RPOs. I think the Saints are the team to beat in the NFC South, and I still think the 49ers are the team to beat in the NFC. I think that – I just want to talk about my favorite. I believe that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's no doubt in my mind, they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, which will be played in Tampa Bay, which will be pretty cool. However, they're not the favorites because there's someone named Patrick Mahomes that exists on earth. Well, of Patrick Mahomes is 24 years old, Jared. He's only ascending. The Chiefs won last year. They're former Super Bowl champions, and they brought everyone back. They're only getting better. You have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You have that trio. That team is the front end right now. They're the favorites, unless someone else beats them. They won it. They won the Super Bowl. They're all back. Mahomes is a year older, a year with more experience. He's only 25 years old. The man is still ascending. So the Chiefs are the favorite right now. They're the team to beat. The Buccaneers will be playing them in the Super Bowl. I believe the Chiefs can beat the the, the Patriots. The Chiefs can beat the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay in Super Bowl. So I agree with you. The Chiefs are the team to beat in the NFL entirely. Mahomes is one of the most talented people we've ever seen play the position. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a GOAT yet because 
He's only played a couple of years. He's attending there, though. Out of, pure, there. out of pure arm strength, the throws he makes on the run, not looking. He throws the left-hand shuffle passes for completions. I, I think the Chiefs are the team to beat. I don't think the Buccaneers will be playing them in the Super Bowl. But I also like what the Chiefs did. I know a lot of people don't like their drafts, but I like that they added a running back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at LSU because that was probably their weakest offensive position. I mean, they had running backs who were able to get the job done, but to add a guy like Kaler, who has it, who didn't carry the ball that much in college, so he doesn't have that much tread on his tires, I think he could succeed with the Chiefs. I agree with that. I agree. I think it's going to be really cool to see the NFL season unfold. I'm looking forward to see Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in a Buccaneers jersey. And that's all we really got for you guys today. Glad you guys tuned in. Hope you guys continue to stay safe. Also, show some love to our Ballaholics Instagram, Ballaholics underscore BTV6. Show us some love. Like, like and subscribe. Me and Jared, we're signing off. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you.